Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ask Amy. This week we're talking about things job related, specifically your pay, your benefits, is your boss paying you what they should be paying you according to state and federal laws. Um, we get a lot of questions from you about, hey, can my boss do that? And a lot of times I don't have those answers. I have to call experts in those fields to get those answers. But a news release that we got recently into our newsroom got my attention because it was about a lot of employees, more than 100 employees of a restaurant chain here in the Houston area who were getting back pay because the Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division discovered that the restaurant employers were not paying their employees minimum wage. So they were paying a minimum wage, but then they were deducting an amount from their pay to cover the cost of uniforms. And when investigators from the Department of Labor went in and looked at it, they said, that's not technically legal. And so then they're telling Sharkies, this is Sharkies, they um, have a restaurant in Kingwood, that they have to pay these back wages to those employees who they uh, deducted time and money from their paychecks to pay for uniforms. Also, another 81 workers, they never paid overtime. So the Department of Labor found that they weren't paying them time and a half over 40 hours for 40 hours in a given work week. So all total, Sharkies has to pay back $47,000 in back wages. This is the news release that came into our newsroom. And I thought, huh, that subject really interests me because it's something that I get a lot of questions about. And so I asked, um, um, the Department of Labor, hey, could we do an interview? And they made available the acting director of the Wage and Hour Division of the Houston office for the Department of Labor. Um, and so here's what she had to say when we sat down with her on a Zoom recently. We conduct investigations for a number of reasons. We don't disclose the reason why. Um, many of our investigations are a result of complaints. But we also do other investigations in industries where we know there's a higher prevalence of violations. And so whenever we conduct the investigation, we're reaching out to the employer to get information about their practices and um, go through the process of talking to workers. In this specific instance, I noticed in the in the press release that you guys sent, you basically said that, that the violation here was because the employees were were made to pay, I guess, or a portion of their pay was taken to pay for uniforms? Can you explain, make sure I'm getting that right? That's correct. So one of the violations that we found was that the em employer was deducting for uniforms and that dropped the employees below the federal minimum wage. Which is right now, what is that? Seven, federal minimum? It's 725. 725. And you mentioned industries and um, workplaces, I guess, where um, wage and hour sort of violations might be more prevalent. So is the restaurant industry one of these? I just remember forever we said, oh, well, waiters and waitresses only make like 235 an hour because they get so many tips. Yes. So waiters and waitresses, their tip cash wage can be 213 an hour. That's the minimum tip wage for individuals that are in that category. And so any industry where there are workers who are getting paid lower wages and they might not be as willing to come forward and file complaints would be industries that we look at. And that includes restaurants. And so all how did you guys figure out who those employees were, how they should have been paid? How will they be contacted to know that they have this money coming to them? 
Excellent question. So as part of our investigation process, we talk to the employer, we look at payroll records, we interview employees, and all of that is to make a determination on whether or not workers have been paid in compliance with the federal labor laws. Once we have completed our investigation, then we'll meet with the employer, go over those findings, get them to agree to future compliance because that's extremely important moving forward, and then make arrangements for them to be able to pay those wages to the workers. Oh, oh so then it won't be like the Department of Labor is collecting it and then you guys are, are giving out the, the money. It will come straight from Sharkies to their either current or former employees. It happens both ways. So initially, we asked the employer to try to get everyone paid that they can locate. And at the end, if there are employees they've not been able to find, then they'll send a payment to the Department of Labor and we'll take over trying to locate them. Our agency also has a website that workers can go. It's called Workers Owed Wages. Wow, is the acronym. And they can go and look themselves up to see if we have any money that we're holding for them and then start the process of being able to receive it. Oh, that is very useful. So anybody can go on to WOW and just see maybe in the past you guys have done an investigation and they weren't tracked down. Exactly. They can go to our wage and our website and it's W-D-O-L. I'm sorry. It's dol.gov backslash WHD. And there is a link they can click on for a while and then just start the process of searching for themselves and make contact with us if they see their name listed. Awesome. And then explain to me, Nicole. So say I, one of the scenarios I mentioned at the beginning of this is I, I start a new job. I'm working, you know, for a week, two weeks, maybe, maybe even three weeks. And then I decide that that's not for me, or I'm going to leave for whatever reason. A lot of times we'll hear from employees who just worked a very short stint for an employer. And they say that then the employer never paid them for that time. Um, Is that legal or could the employer say, oh, well, you were in training, so you don't get paid? Right. So for those individuals, if they're working for a company and they do not receive their final paycheck, they are welcome to contact us on our toll-free number. It's 1-866-4-US-WAGE. And so they'll be able to speak to one of our trained professionals, run the scenario by them, and then be able to file a complaint. Okay. And so say I'm working at a place and I want to inquire about a practice or something that my employer may be doing, but I'm not really sure that it's illegal. Um, Is this anonymous? I mean, will my employer find out that I've called your office and, and checked or reported something? I appreciate you asking that because that is a common question that we get from employees and the investigation, the conversations that we have with them are confidential. We're not going to be sharing their information unless they give us permission to do so. Okay. All right. That is very useful. And then about how long, so for example, if if I happen to have been a Sharkies employee and I was the one who questioned that, I don't know if this is right, that you're docking my pay for a an apron and, and items you're requiring that I wear while on the job. And I called the hotline and reported it. About how long does it take for those those cases? Are we talking weeks, months, years? It really depends on the complexity of the investigation. You know, it's really hard to put a number of days to it because it just really varies. 
Yeah. Can you tell us at the Sharkies instance how long you guys were investigating the case that just reached that? It's a settlement, right? So the employer has paid all of the back wages that are due. And our period of investigation for the company was from August 2020 through August 2022. There does take a little bit of time afterwards to handle making sure we've got evidence of individuals being paid. But that's the period that we looked at. So after we talked Sharkies and that Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division lawsuit investigation, I thought I have so many other questions we want to ask her. Um, So when we come back, we're going to go through some of those questions, get the answers from her, things that may pertain to you and your job. Um, And one of the first things I wanted to know is what's the most common type of complaint that the Department of Labor gets from employees in our area? When we come back, we'll talk about that. Welcome back to this Ask Amy. We're talking about your job, your pay, your rights when it comes to being paid at work. And we had the opportunity to interview Nicole Seller. She's the acting director of the Department of Labor's Wage and Hour Division in the Houston area. And so I wanted to know what is the most common complaint that her office gets from employees who call in? One of the more common violations that we see is just straight time for overtime. Employees are not getting paid time and a half for the hours above 40, and that presents itself in many different ways. And is that pretty cut and dry, Nicole, that basically if I'm working more than 40 hours in any one week, any hours over 40 have to be compensated at time and a half? It's pretty, that's the simple version of it. Now, we look at whether or not the employer is covered and they're subject to the federal labor laws because there are some businesses that are not depending on the size of the business. And um, so that's part of the conversation that we have when people call us is that we're evaluating coverage. We're evaluating whether or not there's an employment relationship. And if so, then we're going to talk through the requirements of the law with them. Okay, that was great. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. We'll make sure that we include all of that information on how they can reach out to you and how they can check to see if they have back wages owed to them. All right. So it really sounds like it's all about knowing where to ask for help. A lot of times I'll get questions from viewers, from employees who want to know like, hey, um, you know, I haven't been paid in a month or my my paycheck from my employer bounced and there were insufficient funds in the bank. What can I do? I will be the first to tell you that it's pretty difficult to find an attorney who specializes or works in just labor law cases to, to represent employees. And one reason I think that is, is there's not a lot of money in that. I mean, a lot of times if you're the employee that is um, suffering because your employer hasn't paid you what they actually owe you for hours and time that you've worked, then you probably already have very little money to be able to pay an attorney to try to go after that employer to get the money that they owe you. And in a lot of instances, it might be that the employer is um, doing poorly and having a hard time coming up with the money to pay their employees. And if that's the case, hiring an attorney doesn't necessarily help that situation in the long run. So what can you do? 
filing a complaint with the Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division is a good bet. Um, and so we're going to put that phone number on the screen for you. That's a good place for you. you can call at the end of this break. We'll have that number up for you on the screen. Um, you can file a complaint through them. Also, the Texas Workforce Commission in Texas is another place where you can file a complaint. Um, so when should you file that complaint? I mean, obviously, these agencies want you to work first with your employer. Um, you know, obviously, you let your employer know that, hey, my check was no good, it bounced, it's insufficient funds, what can you do? And if they say, oh, come right back down, we're going to issue you a new paycheck, probably go that route. But if you have waited or if you determine or discover that money you were owed was not paid to you and some time has passed, for any complaint to the Texas Workforce Commission, to the Wage and Hour Division of the Department of Labor, or to the EEOC, even though we're not really discussing those sorts of discrimination type complaints, you have 180 days from the date of the alleged violation, so from the date that they were supposed to have paid you, um, to filing a complaint. And then you've got two years, a two-year statute of limitations for filing a lawsuit, should you think it's going to come to that. So you do have quite a bit of leeway, six months to file a complaint with the Texas Workforce Commission or the Wage and Hour Division for them to investigate. Now, a big question a lot of people have is what happens when I file that complaint? Will my complaint be confidential? And this is one of the reasons that a lot of people don't file complaints. I mean, you need the paycheck, but you also need the job. And so a lot of times complaints are not made because employees are worried that if their employer finds out that they went and filed a complaint with the Department of Labor or the Texas Workforce Commission, your employer is going to find a reason to fire you, right? I mean, I believe that's a legitimate concern. But I didn't realize this until I started talking to the Wage and Hour Division. If you file a complaint with the Texas Workforce Commission, your employer will receive a notice that identifies you as the complainant to help the Texas Workforce Commission investigate your complaint. So Texas Workforce Commission does tell your employer who filed the complaint. If you file a complaint with the EEOC, your employer also receives a notice that includes your name. But when you file a complaint with the Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division, they say they will not reveal your name to your employer even after you file a charge. So in that Sharkey's case of all those employers, she didn't even tell me if that came from a complaint of an employee stepping up and saying, hey, I don't think that we were paid fairly or what we were supposed to make. And this is after the um, Department of Labor has ordered Sharkey's to pay back $47,000. So they're still not saying where that complaint came from. So Wage and Hour Division, if you have a complaint, if you have a question, that's the agency to call. They say they will not reveal your name or where the complaint came from. Um, so we know that's the place to call if your um, if your paycheck comes back with insufficient funds and you can't work that out with your employer. Contact the Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division. Um, when we come back, we want to answer some common questions, or maybe not common, but some questions that we've received from you all about pensions, about insurance. I mean, these are things that you think, hey, my employer takes money out of my paycheck every month to pay my health care for my health care coverage. But some people have found out months later after they've gone to the doctor that they are at not actually covered and oh my goodness then what people have emailed and said what do i do what can i do we're going to cover some of those topics when we come back after this quick break
Welcome back to this Ask Amy, talking about all things job-related and having to do with your wages, your pay, what you need to live, right? I mean, we don't work for free. And so a lot of these things are... Um, guided. There are federal laws, there are state laws in place that say what your employer can and can't do and what they must pay you for and what they don't have to pay you for. Um, some of the things that I thought were really interesting is um, what can my employer deduct from my wages? So there are very specific things unless you agree in writing that they can deduct other items from your pay. And you may have consented to that if you if you signed some sort of employee manual or other hiring document. So be careful what you sign or before you complain, you want to make sure that you didn't already give consent. If you didn't and they hired you and you didn't sign anything extra, legally, they can deduct for payroll taxes, your employer can deduct for child support payments, and for IRS debt. So your employer cannot deduct for uniforms, for tools or supplies or job-related physicals or anything else unless you consent in writing. And then the amount that they deduct from your check cannot bring your paycheck below minimum wage. Again, that minimum wage is $7.25. That's a federal minimum wage. We don't have a minimum wage in the state of Texas, so we go by that federal minimum wage. And do you have the right to overtime pay? The question, the major, the answer for the majority of people is yes. Um, unless you are a salaried employee, what's called um, a non-exempt employee, you do have to be paid overtime. And say you're making $7.25 minimum wage, then the overtime rate is $10.88 an hour. So it's time and a half for any time that you work over 40 hours. Um, now, let's talk about some other um, very common scenarios. Smoke breaks, lunch breaks, paid time off, sick time off, vacation time. Um, a lot of people want to know um, if your employer has to pay you for your breaks or for time off. And the question is no. Um, most Texas employers are not required to give coffee breaks or smoke breaks, lunch breaks, vacation time, um, or even paid sick leave or holidays. But if your employer says that they give you a break, if your break um, breaks lasting less than 30 minutes have to be paid. So if you get up to stretch your legs and you walk away from your desk for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, anything under 30 minutes, you, they don't dock your pay for that or legally they cannot. Um, but they don't have to pay for your lunch break if it is more than 30 minutes long. Um, also, how many people have had an employer who encourages them to work through their lunch break? You know, that's totally good and well if they're paying you to work through your lunch break and you're working while you're sitting at your desk eating or you're answering emails while you're eating, they have to pay you. But if your lunch break consists of you doing work and not completely getting away and completely breaking free from your work during the entire break time, then you have to be paid for that. I mean, and that does add up if you're talking an hour a week that you're actually working and sitting there at your desk doing work, money that they owe you. So the Wage and Hour Division, Department of Labor, would be the place to to call for that sort of complaint. Um, one thing, this might not be as common, but we've certainly gotten this question, and I received it recently from a viewer. They discovered that their employer was not 
deduct was not paying for their health insurance, even though the employer was deducting that amount, those premiums from all of the employees' paychecks, they weren't paying the insurance company. And so when those people needed to go see a doctor, some of them were seeing doctors regularly for treatments, very expensive treatments, and then they discovered oh no, I really have no health insurance. They said, what can we do? Um, So there is an Employee Benefits Security Administration. It is also part of the Department of Labor, but that is the agency, that is the section of the Department of Labor that you would contact to ask about those things because they can get involved, they can look at um, contacting your employer and finding out what they did with that money, and they can sort of intervene in those situations. Um, What about pensions? If you are lucky enough to get a pension, Congratulations, because I know a lot of companies are not doing that anymore. But one person reached out and said, um, what should a retire?" So I've changed the question, but they wanted to know what should a retiree do if they had a pension? This particular person said that their company merged with another and they believe that they were denied some of their pension. Where should they go? What should they do? Who should they call? Um, So you can also file that same complaint with the EBSA, the Department of Labor. They can assist with all things about pensions, your 401k, profit sharing, a retirement issue, because all of those things are related to benefits. So you can contact that department. It is 1-866-444-3272. That number's on your screen, 1-866-444-3272. 3272. It's the EBSA of the Department of Labor. And then another question that's similar, uh, another agency that's similar, and it is a U.S. government agency, is the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. This is a government agency. It's been around since 1974. And you don't have to work for a government agency for them to look into your issue. They actually handle um, and sometimes work with private pensions. Um, But you can contact that agency. And I'm going to give you the phone number here for workers and retirees. The number to call is 1-800-400-7242. That's 1-800-400-7242. It's for the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Um, We're going to flash all of these numbers up on your screen as we head out of this show, out of this Ask Amy. Um, But I hope that you have gained some useful information here today. Um, Remember, Texas Workforce Commission, Department of Labor, Wage and Hour Division, and then those other two divisions, the U.S. Agency, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, and the um, EBSA of the Department of Labor. If you have any questions for me, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at askamy at kprc.com and we will do everything we can to get answers to your questions. We appreciate you watching and have a great day.